Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. And it is the day after, what did they call yesterday? The snow uh, bomb cyclone uh, here in Colorado. Um, which is a very interesting uh, way to describe a blizzard, but it did basically shut down the airport, shut down the city to some degree. Even though my buddy Matt was out, and he might still be out right now uh, on a UPS truck delivering, they had him delivering until about noon yesterday. Um, just appreciate the first responders. I had I was contacted by a police officer who was out yesterday. I um, Matt, I was praying for. I was pr- I personally was just praying for those that had to work in this weather because um, you know prior to becoming a pastor, I worked in the emergency services field and worked all these holidays and worked all the the storms and uh, we we have to go in no matter what. And I know many people had to go in no matter what, and uh, it came through. Uh, it didn't drop as much snow as expected, but the winds and the way everything went down, it was pretty treacherous and dangerous, so much so that we canceled our Wednesday night service, so did most of the churches, and we closed our offices yesterday and today, and um, appreciate you guys working on the snow team. I know it's a little Colorado-focused today at, at the beginning of the show, but I wanted to give a shout-out to all you guys, first responders uh, doctors, nurses, paramedics, you know, cops, sheriffs, everyone that had to go to work uh, n- while everyone else uh, had snow days. Um, thank you uh, for your faithfulness. Uh, you're the unsung, often unseen, unrecognized men and women in our community, and we uh, appreciate you. We we appreciate all, you know, CDOT, uh, everyone that is cleaning up the streets. I mean, I, I, re- I, I think I saw yesterday you know, I, I I thought it was funny because it was kind of a forced snow day yesterday and we were all talking about it in our family and I like down days, but I, I, there's something about me. I don't like it when I'm forced to. And so, yeah, we were watching the news and, and, uh, you know, indoors while the CDOT teams were out there, you know, of course, city of Aurora, all throughout the Metro area, you street teams, getting things ready, getting things taken care of, uh, we, we, we appreciate you. And it, it's unsung. You know, there's a lot of people I'm probably not mentioning, but you know who you are. Everyone that had to work yesterday behind the scenes, couldn't call in. They didn't shut your office down, um, especially those of you that had to be out in it. Uh, we made it through, shoveled today quite a bit. Um, there, there was so much today that my son helped me. Uh, it used to be in the day I could just send the boys out to shovel, but now I asked for help and he stepped up and helped. So I'm grateful for that. And Grateful to be with you today. We're live today uh, and taking your calls, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions, you can text me too. It's 720-336-0897. And we're looking forward to what is on your mind today. I have a, I, 
I have a feeling a lot of people are still home. I know we closed the offices today. Um, but if you're listening and you're connected by radio or you're connected online, we had a power outage yesterday and <clears throat> and our online stream went off at the building. And since nobody was there, uh, Pastor Everett ended up hanging in there, um, driving in through it all to to get it up and taken care of. So hopefully we could fix that so it doesn't go down again, even with a power outage. And um, and so taking your calls, 303-690-3000. Welcome, everyone, on the East Coast. You guys had your own snow uh, as well, and it's been hitting at a different time than than ours, but you, you guys, I've noticed, uh, my friends out on the East Coast have been clo- canceling services too, so at various times this year. And uh, anyway, give me a call. Bonnie is on line one calling from Baltimore. Uh, Bonnie, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I was You're welcome. If you could pray for me. Um, I had an interview at Charlestown Retirement Community in Baltimore. Okay. All and right. I was hoping you could pray for me um, that I get the job. Let's do it. Okay. Father, I pray for my friend Bonnie in Baltimore, and I ask you to help her uh, with this job. Now that the interview's over, Lord, give her the patience to wait for the word of what your perfect timing is. And I know that she wants it. I know that she needs it. And I pray that you would uh, fill her, Lord, with a sense of peace and patience, knowing that if this is the one, it's hers already. And if it's not the one, then you have a place for her to use her skills and talents to provide for the needs of her family. And so I pray you would reveal the answer soon. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Let us know how it goes, Bonnie, okay? All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Ah, another question for from Baltimore. Lori's calling from Baltimore. Lori, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Yeah. So um, I've been convicted about this a long time in my heart about attending a church. Okay. But I work... I work regularly on Saturdays and Sundays okay. and Wednesday nights, all the times that I could get to. Well, my main question is, how do I keep the Sabbath holy and rest, like the Lord says, but when I have to work, when I do have to work for a living on those days, do I just not, not take the work, even though that that's my income that I depend on? Well, here's the thing. In the New Covenant, we are not bound by the Sabbath instruction of the Old Covenant. And so no longer is it necessary to keep the Sabbath day as it was taught in the Old Covenant. As a matter of fact, I was just looking at this today. In Hebrews chapter 4, Jesus Christ has become our true rest, so that by faith in Him and by abiding in Christ, you are fulfilling the Sabbath command of the Old Testament. Uh, It is never repeated again in the New Testament. It's never mandated upon uh, Christian believers. Uh, And I did a whole different, I I did a whole Bible study on this. If you want to listen to it, it's called uh, Must Christians Worship on the Sabbath? And I I walked through your question and also the emphasis that some groups make that you have to worship on the Sabbath in order to worship God properly. Um, So then what does it become for us today? Uh, first of all, God does has created a rhythm in our lives, and the rhythm is is that you work six days and you get a day of rest. 
and that that's not just a spiritual thing it's a it's a physical thing that you and I are unable to work 7 days a week you know every day every week all year 12 months a year we will destroy ourselves and so how do you now that you're working Saturday and Sunday how do you keep the sabbath holy how do you acknowledge the day of rest pick a day of rest and rest because I have the same problem that you do. Um, I work Saturday and Sunday, uh, and so do all of our church staff. Uh, and so my big day off and my day of rest is Monday. And I set Monday aside uh, where I don't check my email. I, I, don't, I don't do things related to my vocation, my, te- my position as a pastor. Of course, unless it's an emergency. Remember, even Jesus healed on the Sabbath. So if there's an emergency that needs um, spiritual care, I, I will definitely uh, serve someone on on my Monday. But the reality is, is that the spiritual mandate of the old covenant you are no longer bound to. Okay, that's what I thought, but I just wanted to make sure. And so it's not it's not God's heart for us to work seven days a week. You know, we're supposed to we're supposed to rest for sure. Um, but the idea of resting as a way to relate to God, you know, it's, it's, I did, like I said, in, if you go to our app or our website, the Bible study that I shared is, is, has deep on explanation and biblical evidence, you know, biblical, uh, references that will help you understand the role of the Sabbath in the life of the believer. Okay. Thank you so much. Great question. Thanks for calling. How's the weather in Baltimore, by the way? Well, Today it's beautiful, but um, this is aired last week. Or right, I'm confused about the last week. Uh, you're talking to me live right now, so right, oh, you won't hear I, it on the radio till next week. But we're live right here on the 14th. On the 14th, right? Well, then it's beautiful here today. Oh, good. Yeah, we're yeah. getting out of our little snow co- snow bomb or what a cyclone bomb they called it. It was pretty. I, I've been here 20 years, never experienced anything like this. Oh, I saw that. That's like strange. What? And you know the. F- Farther east you went, uh, the worse it got. So that was combination of tornado and snow. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily a tornado. They called it hurricane-like winds, but it wasn't to the degree that you know the somebody would get on the east coast. But it was a steady kind of a, a first. It came as rain, lots of winds, seventy mile an hour winds, then snow, and then it's the cold, wet, heavy snow that you know, usually when when it snows here, it's really light and airy. But this was that cold, heavy, wet snow, so then power's going out, and roads are icy, and um, it, was, it was quite the storm. And I heard that somebody lost their life, a trooper, so we pray for yeah, them, that man and his family. Let's, let's do that right now. Okay. Father, thank you for the reminder of uh, the loss of life with the Colorado trooper yesterday. Um, I pray for his family, Lord. I pray for the trooper family as they continue to uh, face these tragedies. Um, And I remember just walking through the different things when my son was alive as a trooper, Lord. And I know know that that's a tight family, a very special group of men and women that that fulfill a very special role in our state. And I pray, God, for them, for the family of this trooper. And and, um, thank you again for the first responders that literally risk their lives for the safety of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again. Oh, thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Sure. 303-690-3000 is the number 
taking your calls and your questions. Uh, we're going back to Denver. Jonas is calling from Denver. Welcome to the program. Uh, thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. You're on yeah, the air. I, yeah, I have a um, little bit. I need, I mean, a little bit of prayer and advice from you. Okay, um, I'll do my best. My question. Yeah, my, yeah, your advice and your prayer. Um, like about three months, four months, uh, I got um, a woman. Then we start fell in love with each other. And uh, both of us say, like, oh, we're going to leave everything for God. Let's keep going. Because we have to keep God in between us. Because yes. nothing happened without him. That's what we believe. Okay. Um, but I'm 100% positive on uh, the relationship. I don't have any bad feeling or something. But she's a kind of 50-50. And I told her if she believes in God, she has to leave everything for God and be positive. So, so when what, you, when you what, say... Let me clarify so I can help yeah. help understand help. When you say fifty fifty, do you mean that she's, she's half a unsure. believer, or what do you mean? No, she she's unsure on the relationship. She's unsure of the relationship. Okay, I understand yeah. that. So my second question would be: When you say leave everything, what do you mean by that? Give everything for God, and God is gonna make him like work and so what is she what do you think she's withholding that you need to tell her she needs to give everything what what is it that she's holding back do you think uh she said uh, from the back experience like she divorced she's divorced yeah she divorced like three years four years ago is it a was it a for biblical reasons uh I mean, he's he he's not a believer. She's a believer, and um, all time he doesn't believe in God. He always like cursing God and stuff like that. And uh, the other thing is, she tried to read the Bible stuff like that, and he doesn't allow her to read the Bible stuff like that. And his behavior issue, anger issue, stuff like that. And that's why. So he, here's where I think the radio show will help you. I'm going to pray for you, and then I, I think it's important that you sit down with a pastor and work these things out, um, because I, uh, it's, un, it's, it's unclear how to move forward unless you sit down, the three, you know, two of you, with a godly pastor, a godly man, or, and, and work through these issues for, the, for, for going forward, because I think there's probably more involved than just what you perceive as a 50-50 of whether to go forward or not go forward. And and let's just say that uh, everything is okay and it's okay to move forward. One of the things that God is teaching you is to be patient with her. Um, she's not quite ready to, to go where you're ready to go, and that's important for you to see that it's not okay for you to force her or pressure her, but rather if she's unsure of how to go forward, then you need to accept that and wait for her to see what God might do in confirming this relationship. So let me pray for you, okay? 
Father, I pray for my friend Jonas, and uh, I know that it's hard for him right now as he is moving forward in this relationship, but it's hit a little bit of a pause. God, I pray you'd give him patience. Your word says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, or in some translations, long-suffering. So I just pray that into his life right now. I know it's frustrating, but I do ask God that you provide a godly pastor to sit down with them, or maybe an elder or a leader in the church, to help them work through some of these things and to take it slow. And I pray, Lord, that he would not pressure her or get frustrated with her, but rather he would learn to love her even in her hesitancy. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Jonas, stay in touch. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Got open lines. We are on, uh, we are on live today. So it's the day after. What are we? What are we calling it again? A snow um, bomb, cyclone, snow, whatever, blizzard, craziness. It was. Um, that wasn't a trim, like it wasn't a huge amount of snowfall in the metro area. There was on the eastern plains, uh, in south and different areas, but the winds were amazing. Um, Kevin was telling me ninety mile an hour winds at Peterson Air Force Base, or his technical. The technical phrase is the explosive cyclogenesis, and um, it was it was dangerous. and And then our sister uh, did hear on the news that we lost a state trooper, and many of you know my son was a state trooper as well. And uh, the state troopers have just taken blow after blow after blow uh, over the last few years. And um, of course, my heart is close to law enforcement. Um, I want to share a testimony with you, uh, but I'm going to do it the second half of the program. You will not believe what happened to me in Tucson, Arizona. Amazing. Amazing. I'm so eager. I want to share it now, but I'm going to do it after the break. We're going to go back to the phone lines and talk to Xavier uh, Firestone, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Hey, you got to turn your radio down, Xavier. All right. That's all right. We're, we have a yeah. little bit of a delay, uh, so... <clears throat> What's up? Okay. All right. You're on the air. Oh, hello. Yeah, you're on the air, my friend. Okay. How you doing, sir? Sir, I was just calling. I was like wanting to see if I can get prayers to help me okay. out with my uh, me and my fiance. We kind of we kind of rushed into things with our engagement after like four or five months, things like that, and I guess she started getting cold feet towards the end with little things and some things that ways that I was and ways that she is and we had a little we were having bumpy roads and I think God kind of did this to us so we can realize what each other mean what what we mean to each other and Great. she's going through a little phase she said and she's trying to get over it and just want prayers to help us get through this and get us back okay. to where we need to be I noticed in the uh call screen Kevin put that you got that she's your fiance Yes and so you guys are planning on getting married Yes, yes, we were supposed. To, yes, we were supposed to get. We we could push that off, and she okay. needs to get through what she's got going on, which she's for sure nervous about. So uh, we kind of, you know, just if it's meant to be. I think God did this to us, so we can, so I can realize what she means to me, and she can realize what I what what I mean to her. Okay, so let me ask you: Have are you familiar with premarital counseling? No, I'm not. So okay. what we do here at Calvary, and many churches do the same thing, 
Okay. Uh, we have premarital counseling, which is basically six sessions. Uh, it can be spread out as much as six months, but sometimes they get it done in three or four months where we prepare you for marriage, especially if you've been married before. Have either one of you been married before? Yes, we've both been married one time. Are there kids involved as well? Um, we don't have kids together, but I have kids and she has kids. Right. So you guys really need to plug into your local church and get okay. their premarital counseling. I think that's okay. one. So you calling the show today, I think, is confirmation from the Lord that you guys need more help than just waiting. And okay. this pause is okay. So you guys haven't done anything wrong. As a matter of fact, it's a sign of maturity to wait things out, to respond to these types of things. And then premarital, what premarital counseling will do is give you a biblical perspective of what you guys are dealing with so that this is your absolute last marriage. Does that make sense? Yes. yes that, that's and there's a part of premarital as well that you may find during the time of premarital, A, you may delay it even more, or B, you may decide, I don't think it's God's will for us to get married. But you're open for God to do what he wants to do. And I, I'm always concerned. I mean, it's not that you can't get married without it, but man, when your church offers help, it's better to get premarital counseling than to get divorced. Yes. And I strongly suggest that for you in your local church. And if your church doesn't have it, we provide it for free. And all you need to okay. do is buy the materials and do the work. It's mostly you guys doing the work. And you meet with a pastor for an hour. But most churches do provide premarital, and I know that it'll help you a lot. Okay. And on that note, one thing that we've kind of she, she her, her, her faith, her belief, her belief in God has kind of failed off to her. Like she says, when she says, like, oh, it is what it is. And so it's like, I try to bring it on her, bring that faith on her and help her, you know, because it's, it's helped me change my ways. Four years ago, I was a totally different person. And, you know, I'm still working on that, getting her to, you know, start going to church with me and doing things like that. So we're working on that together. We were working on that as well. Well, and I'm sure you're familiar with the passage in the Bible that Paul the Apostle, he wrote to the first Corinthians, you know, in the Bible. And he said this phrase, have you ever heard this phrase, don't be unequally yoked? Have you ever heard of that phrase? No, I want to say I've heard it before in, in in one worship, maybe, saying something like that. Okay. So in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Okay. Paul, Paul gives, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he gives a strong warning against being unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And so the current condition, the way you describe her, she isn't someone to marry right now. Okay. Because she's not in the faith like you are. And that's where premarital counseling can actually be a great tool if she'd be willing to come to premarital counseling where not only will you talk about marriage the way that God sees it, but if you do it here, our pastors will share the gospel with her and minister to her. And you may find during premarital she wants nothing to do with God. And bro, you can't you can't marry someone like that. You just can't happen. Okay. And and so I taught on this as well. If you go to our app, if you go to your app store and you download uh-huh. our app, you put Calvary Church. And you could use my name, Ed Taylor. It'll pop okay. up there. And then you can go to Second Corinthians chapter 6 and listen to that Bible study because it'll really speak to your heart about making this life decision with someone that, you know, basically the idea of unequally yoked, 
a yoke is a big wooden, and we don't use that phrase too much anymore, but it was a wooden contraption with two holes in it so that you would put put one one oxen neck in one hole and the and another oxen's neck in the other hole and then together they would plow the fields together can you see that in your mind yeah so, so we don't we don't do much of that today but think about this yeah. what if i what if you put an oxen on one side of that hole and a donkey in the other side do you think that you're going to get much work done no or a lamb or a goat or or even yeah. a horse for that matter and so the idea of unequally yoked is that to we are together at the same pace and the same strength doing the same thing and you can't have that with an unbeliever okay. that's okay. impossible and okay. i even have friends you like, know go, go ahead well, well see, the thing is like what, the way she says she's not a believer anymore, whatever, her mother, like, her mother's like, that's not, she used to be, like, she's just falling off the wagon. Like, she's falling off the past three or four years due to her previous relationship. The guy was the way he was with her. Yes. And she's falling off, and her mom is like, she's, 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 you know, she always was a believer. She's just falling off, and she's, and I, and I always felt like every time I would go to my worship, it would be like, it, the, the message would, would be about, People that are non-believers, all you got to do is pray for them and pray for them and keep and you know do your best to try to get them to believe. So I always felt like God was talking to me every worship about things like that with us. Well, I mean, your love for her is evident. Your care for her is evident. I mean, I I don't disagree with that. But the reality is, is in her current Uh condition, where she is, it it isn't something I would marry you. I would say, no, man, don't do it. Wait and be open that that God might be able to. to, to minister to you guys uh, and and bring her to faith because I mean at the very basic you're not even going to church together like that's significant yeah and and it's yeah. it's not to be underestimated you know I got you all right well I appreciate it it's kind of it's helped me out a little bit put my ease to my mind and things and I've been going well let me pray for crazy. you <laughs> right, I'd you. love to pray for you. Father, I ask uh, for wisdom for my brother uh, that as he processes these things, you would help him uh, grow in understanding you know, what it, what it is you're, you want him to do. I pray for this relationship. Um, I know that it's hard and difficult, but I also know you give wisdom, and this phone call is the beginning of it. So I pray for Xavier. Help him to make these decisions. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, stay in touch, man. All right, thank you, brother. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. We are taking your calls and questions, so text me, 720-336-0897. Of course, you need to be in a safe place. If you're here in the metro area and you're in the car, be very, very safe, please. I know there were a lot of cancellations, a lot of closures, so you might be listening at home, listening online, uh, welcome. This is live. This is the day after the snow. Uh, po- uh, I can't remember. What do they call it again? I know you already put it in here. Uh, we called it the snow bomb cyc- cyclone, the explosive cyclogenesis. Um, some people called it snowmageddon or uh, the snow cyclone or something, but uh, um, you know, people lost their lives. And um, and many people put their lives in danger to protect us. Thank you, guys. 
I can't thank you enough for everyone that um, had to go in. And you did go in. Uh, police department, fire department, paramedics, doctors, nurses, um, back end, you know, uh, linesmen, all of you guys working on the electricity, um, the, you know, the CDOT, uh, the cities, all you guys that clean the, um, they, uh, clean the, the streets and everything. Even everyone that's at the church right now cleaning off the parking lot, unsung, unknown, unseen, but we all appreciate you. So we're coming up on the first half. Uh, We're going to take a quick, quick break and be right back for the second half. I want to share a really cool story that happened to me in Tucson, Arizona last week. It is awesome. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to today's edition, the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Looking forward to what God has for us on the second half. I'm going to be at uh, Denver First Christian Church or Denver... Oh, I better get it right. I'm going to be with John Moreland this Saturday. He's got a men's conference, and I'm going to be teaching there with the men. I'm looking forward to being there, but let me make sure that I get the name of the church right. I'm sorry, John, if you're listening, um, but John Moreland is a good friend of mine, and he is the president of the Colorado Baptists, and I love him. I love his wife and his family. God is doing such a great work. Uh, The name of the church is Denver Christian Bible Church. The uh, conference is this Saturday at 9 a.m. It's for men, and uh, looking forward, looking forward to um, being with the guys this Saturday um, and uh, next Friday night. We're going to be with the married couples at our church, Marie and I. Uh, we're not sure what we're going to say yet, but uh, we're we're going to be we will by next Friday. And uh, man, I'm just so grateful God has been using Marie and I as a married couple, uh, to do more marriage things. So this is for our church. We have a monthly dinner, uh, marriage enrichment dinner that we do. And of course, I'll be in the pulpit this weekend, uh, Hebrews chapter 8. Um, it's kind of a heady, weighty section of the Bible, but man, so, so good. Powerful. And so I'm looking forward to being back because I was in Tucson. But I'm going to save that story because we got a sister that's been waiting patiently. I'm going to go right to Aurora, Colorado. Camilla is waiting. Camilla, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. Um, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, so I have a question about suicide because my friends have been thinking about it or will like have already committed it. And so okay. I just want to see, like, what does God or, like, what does the Bible say about that, like, yeah, that's my question. Well, suicide, you know, there seems to be a, an increase of suicide in these days. By the way, how old are you? I'm 12, going on to 13. You know, we've had these conversations, too, and, um, with our team because we're seeing it happen younger and younger. And, you know, the real root of suicide is hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much going on in the world today and so many difficult circumstances that um, suicide seems to be a popular option. And, of course, then... You know, with so much going on on social media and kind of making it glamorous, um, more and more people are choosing that, even at a young age. So I'm sorry you've had to lose friends this way. I know it's hard for you. Yeah, it's quite hard. I don't think about it whatsoever. Good. 
yeah. Well, I just want to know about what, like, what it so, says. So God's opinion of suicide is that he doesn't want us to do it. You know how the Bible says, um, thou shalt not murder? Mm-hmm. Well, suicide is is something called self-murder, and that God, he values life. And, you know, when it comes to life, he doesn't want, um, he doesn't want us taking life in our own hands. He doesn't want us aborting a baby in the womb. He doesn't want us uh, committing murder. He doesn't want us uh, committing suicide. He, he doesn't want us to uh, just let people die and don't give them a chance to live when they're in a coma or when they are older, you know, because even when people are older, there are always somebody that says, oh, no, his life isn't valuable. But in God's eyes, every life is valuable. And so God's heart for someone that's thinking about suicide is he wants to rescue them. Um, he wants to rescue them. He doesn't want us to commit suicide. Um, but but life can get hard, and so sometimes we think about it. Uh, maybe even we, we think, oh, it would be better if I wasn't here, and or even deeper than that, but it's not God's, it's not God's heart for us to, to go there because even if you're feeling like if you're listening right now, someone's listening to the show and they're hearing it, and they're... And you're wondering about, you're thinking about suicide right now. Um, it things will get better. I know they don't feel like it right now, but things will get better. And so talk to somebody, right? So if you ever meet someone at school, Camilla, that is thinking about suicide, we need to get them to talk to somebody and talk mm-hmm. about their feelings and the hurt that they're feeling. You know, why are they? Why do they think it would be better to commit suicide? And sometimes just talking through things helps relieve that pressure. But God doesn't like doesn't like suicide. He doesn't encourage suicide. He values our lives, and He wants us to live for Him and not for ourselves. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. You know, I've been sharing this more and more, um, and uh, I've been seeing it too. Um, Wherever marijuana is legalized, and and not just, whether it's medical marijuana or not, you're going to see a rise in a couple different things. And it it used to be two, but I see at least three now. One, you're going to see a rise in suicide rates. Two, you're going to see a rise in opioid usage. And now a third one is you're going to see a rise in illegal drug trafficking. Because, you know, the part of, the, part of those that legalized marijuana said, well, you know, if we legalize it, then we'll just get rid of the illegal trade. Not true. Marijuana is a gateway drug. Uh, most people don't stay smoking pot the rest of their lives or smoking the same amount of pot. Because I know there's always somebody, well, I'm, I've been smoking pot for 30 years, yeah, but not the same amount. You smoke way more now than you did when you were younger. And, and you crave it more. And you want it more. And you like not having to live in reality. You like your senses being numbed. It's the same with alcohol. You know, this whole nonsense of of mixing alcohol and marijuana now that it's legal as if that's the right thing to do. Uh, listen, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And that's a whole different show altogether. But suicide, opioid use, legalized marijuana, medical or recreational or both. Nobody's tying those three things together. Um, but they are. And wait till the till the big dogs get involved. I mean, I think they already are. But the big cigarette manufacturers and the big money the big corporate money. Wait till marijuana becomes a corporate cash crop, which I think it probably already is. I'm not really, I don't really live in that world anymore, but it probably already is where the alcohol companies, cigarette companies, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's destructive. 100%. 
destructive. And, uh, you know, it might be the hip cool thing to do. Maybe churches now, you know, at having theology sessions with whiskey and cigars, whatever. Like what, what, why? Because it's cool. What does it do exactly to keep you sober minded, to keep you useful for the kingdom and help you reach the lost? Um, you know, we need to, our, we need a limit. Like Chuck Sundahl said, our, our liberties are limited by love for others. 303-690-3000. Let's take another call and I'll share what's happening, uh, what happened in Tucson. Line three, Michael from Maryland. Michael, welcome oh, to the program. Hello. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Um, I have two quick questions. Um, one, I, I'm from Maryland, so I'm here from a week behind. And there was okay. a question about women's roles in church. And I was just yes. wondering if it was okay to, or okay for a woman to lead a Bible study with men in it. Because um, we had that going on sometimes, and I was wondering if that's yes. appropriate or not, and if I should continue to attend those Bible studies or seek out um, different. Well, I can say that the reality of this particular question is very divisive in the body. It basically are two camps. One side says women can't teach men at all in any function, and the other says that there is room for women to teach men. Um, I, I lean on the side that there is room for women to teach men, because let me ask you a question. Um, my wife has a 26-year-old son. Can she teach him anything in the Bible? Yes or no? I, I would think so. I think so too, and so like the app, there there can't be an absolute restriction of women teaching men, and I believe in First Timothy chapter two, the limitation is that a woman holds the place of elder or pastor in a church, uh, but she certainly can be a deacon, a deaconess. Uh, we have an example of of um, oh my goodness, what's her name in the book of Acts? Along with her husband, she teaches a man. Um, and so I guess it just depends on what the scenario is. If she's under the authority of her senior pastor, uh, if she is teaching accurately, um, under submission to her senior pastor, but uh, I know people listening in would say absolutely no. And other people listening in would say absolutely yes. And I lean toward, uh, if a woman has something to share with me, I will receive it and I will test all things and hold fast to what is good. Okay. Like, for um, example, we have a woman teacher on our radio broadcast when I, or on our radio station here in Colorado. When she's on the air, I don't turn the radio. Okay. I listen to it, and, and I receive it, and, you know, she's not taking theological authority over me. She's not—I've uh, read um, tremendous books by women, like Elizabeth Elliot helped me so much in my grief, uh, Anne Graham Lotz— um, I, there's a lot of women authors that, again, we have to walk in discernment and test all things. But I, I think it really depends on whether this is a gifted woman and whether she's taking the authority of an elder or a pastor. I can't support that biblically. Um, but if you know a woman has input or she's—it's Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, Priscilla was the woman in the book of Acts. Um, and she taught a man. And the Lord used her. So— I'm, I lean toward there are, there are a broader role of women in the church. I don't believe they can be pastors or elders, but I do think God uses women in amazing ways, including my wife and the many women that are in our church. Yeah. So yeah, thanks, Mike. Sure. Oh, you're still with us. 
yeah, so thanks. That's a great question. I wasn't, I don't know what they said last week, but uh, um, hopefully that helps. Yeah, um, and I just have one more quick question. Uh, okay. I was, it, me and my girlfriend are living like the, the best of, you know, lifestyles, um, and our relationship kind of getting messed up. We're building it back up, and I was just wondering if there's any um, specific books or you know, in the Bible that we could possibly start on to really help build our relationship with God and, you know, put him, learn how to put him first instead of, you know, each other and ourselves. Oh, it's a good question. So uh, you don't sound young. I don't want to be offensive, but you don't sound younger. I'm, I'm 21. I'm a little young. Okay. So, and your girlfriend is how old? She's 23. Okay. Have you guys been married before? Uh, no, we're not married. Um, we're looking to get married here. And, okay, uh, good. That's where I'm headed. So let me give you a suggestion on if you're looking to get married, let me give you a suggestion. Like I shared with an earlier caller, um, number one, check into your local church for premarital counseling. You may not be ready for that now, but for when you are ready for it, make sure you guys sit down with the leadership of your church through mari- pre- what's known as premarital counseling, and it's just help in preparation to get married. Number one. Number two, pick up a book called, and go. you'll have to get this on Amazon, a book called Married and How to Stay That Way. Married and How to Stay That Way. And the brother's name is Steve Carr. And this is also preparatory for how to move forward uh, toward marriage, you know, preparatory and how to move forward in a relationship and how to value one another, how to honor one another. And then for a good book, just to grow in your understanding of just to be uh, stronger in your walk with the Lord, give me a few minutes to think about that. Um, and so if you want to hear, if you want to listen to the rest of the show live where you are, go to our go to gracefm.com and listen online. Okay. And uh, hopefully by the end of the show, I will have a, an idea of a book that will help you guys just grow in your relationship with the Lord. I got an idea. Nope. I got an idea. Uh, Email me, email me and I will send you a PDF of a simple Bible study that you guys can do together every day for about 15, 20 minutes where you can pray together. You can open the Bible together and you can answer questions growing in who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy spirit is, that's what I. That's what. That's what will help you guys. That sounds great. Is your uh, email located on the website as well? Yeah, you can. If you're writing it down, you could. You could write it down. Pastor Ed at okay. CalvaryAurora.org. dot org. Okay, Pastor Ed at Calvary. Okay, A U R O R A. And if you forget that or you misspell it, just go to edtaylor.org and you can email me through my website. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Okay, brother. God bless you. All right. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Very encouraging. That was good. Um, Seems like there's a little bit of a theme. um, uh, And very encouraging. So 303-690-3000. Okay. Before I get to the next call... um, I was in Tucson, Arizona last week uh, with most of our staff. We attend the uh, uh, Calvary Tucson 
Pastors and Leaders Conference. It's actually the Southwest Pastors and Leaders Conference. I had the privilege of teaching one of the sessions, and then I taught at a couple churches there. I taught at Calvary Tucson for their five weekend services, and I taught at another church in Tucson uh, named Calvary Christian Fellowship with my friend Scott Richards. We've been talking about coming out to teach for a long time, and finally got it to work. So, so I teach. I I I go to the. I teach the conference. It's great. We had a great time. Very encouraged. It was a great conference. Um, encourage you to listen to the studies. You can go to calvarytucson.com, uh, and they're posted there. And then I go to teach on Wednesday night, and I teach a message on forgiveness. Very powerful. Um, God's doing a great work, and you know, making the distinction between forgiveness and reconciliation, and and how well some people just don't admit they've ever done anything. They don't admit they're in the wrong. Uh, they don't repent. It's you can't reconcile with them. Like, how can you reconcile when they continue to do the same thing over and over again? If you have, if you continue to do the same sin over and over again, you haven't repented, and you continue to refuse to take responsibility for something, you haven't repented, and you can't reconcile with people like that. But you can forgive. Forgiveness is a choice. Reconciliation is a process. You know, healing is a process. So, at any rate, sharing that message, and I thought the Lord anointed uh, His Word and changed many lives. This guy comes up after service, right? And I shared a little bit of my testimony, very brief, nothing major. I just said I was from California, grew up there, um, went to Calvary Chapel Downey. It's where I got saved. Something simple like that. Did a lot of bad things, probably. I said, you know, to give context of of appreciating my salvation, right? So this couple comes up, Jim and Sue Ann, I think her name was. After I wrote it down, but they introduced themselves. Hey, my name is Jim. It's my wife. I, uh, we were saved at Calvary Chapel Downey too. Oh, really? Well, that's awesome. And and I was the chief of police in the Bell Cudahy Police Department. And I'm like, no, because the city I grew up in, uh, I met many of those police officers and uh, was in and out of that little jail uh, a couple times. And one really serious time. And so we we're talking, right? It's just unbelievable. And and how the police department back then was not a very above board uh, police department. And uh, neither was he, Jim. He was not a godly man. He wasn't saved. He needed to be saved. Uh, and, and he got saved at Calvary Downey. I got saved at Calvary Downey. Here's a cop enforcing the law. Here's a criminal that was just doing stupid things and running the streets. And here we are in Tucson, Arizona, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, changed men, no longer who we were, but on the way of who God wants us to be. And I'm just like, un- unbelievable. I didn't know him personally. I never met him at church. Uh, he didn't really remember me personally either, <laughs> but unbelievable. You just don't know what God's going to do. You don't know what God's going to do with someone's life. And, and, and on top of that, I shared and I, and we kind of got a laugh at it at at various services, but my son also became a police officer and, and my heart goes out and, and has a deep love and appreciation for police officers. Uh, But I wasn't always that way before I got saved. And, um, but I, unbelievable. And that way that all went out, all the details on, it was just so cool.
So anyway, you never know what God's going to do to encourage you. Patricia on line one in Centennial, Colorado is on the air. Hey, Patricia, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. What's going on? um, And I really don't know how to put the question together. Um, I went to a class because I'm an older woman, and I was just listening to the young girl saying about suicide. Um, And I want to know, when does death happen? I don't want to be resuscitated, and I know with all the medical technology, you know, they can bring you back to life. Yes. But when does death happen? Death happens when there's no longer any air in the lungs when you stop breathing. So if I if I ask for do not resuscitate and it's a possibility that they can resuscitate, I don't want to be brought back and not be able to take care of myself. Yes. Um, and the little girl was asking about suicide. Is that yeah. committing suicide? Well, it's not committing suicide in the traditional sense. And having walked through this, first of all, I think it's very important for everyone listening in to make these decisions before you can't. Yes, that's I'm doing it. Um, it's, it's something that my son didn't have in writing, and those decisions were made for him instead of by him or by his parents, and it was a disastrous end. And so from, you know, I think getting these things in writing and putting them down in writing uh, so that it, exactly what your wishes are. And I know my son would have wanted to be resuscitated. Uh, he would have wanted to ride this out um, no matter the value of life. And so for you personally, it's not suicide in the traditional sense, but it is a challenging thing for you to sit down and seriously consider how you want to be treated when your body no longer is what it is today. Um, and And I think that the closer a person is, to abiding, like there's a difference between being being declared brain dead, uh, and and then also being uh, in a place where you just need to be resuscitated, um, because resuscitation could bring back. Um, um, I should say that that there's you know I'm not a doctor, so I can't really speak to the reality of the doctor side of this, but the reality of a beating heart and breath. And a functioning brain um, all play a part in the reality of someone's life. And the fact that someone's, you know, pumping oxygen into you so that your brain continues to function and um, those types of things, um, you're, you're understanding the weight of the decision you're about to make. And it's one that shouldn't be made lightly, but it is one for you to make as you stand before the Lord. Well, yeah, I'm having a difficult time because... You know, it's because you have to, you know, it's not just a DNR, a a DNR is, is an important thing because we're kind of projecting how bad it's going to be because it may not be as bad as you think. And perhaps you lose function in, you know, like those that have a stroke, they lose function on the left side of their body and the left side of their, but, but they're still, their mind is still sharp or, or like my friend, Steve, uh, Steve Martin has been. Uh, my friend Steve has been diagnosed with ALS and he's living life to the fullest but he's also losing the use of his arms and losing losing the use of his his body but God is using him in incredible ways because our life is more than our bodies 
and and so to to really consider like well you know the the I'm no longer going to be able to communicate I'll only be able to communicate with my blinking my eyes well God can use our lives it's our lives belong to him and and as you're processing the value if you start with God and what he places value on it will make the decision easier even though you're fearful and concerned and even the medical community might even pressure you into, oh, yeah, just go ahead and do the DNR. Uh, but you can do DNRs at different phases or different stages as well. So it doesn't have to be across the board, um, especially if you're setting up an estate plan. The attorneys can help. But I choose. I, I can give you my opinion. My biblical opinion is I choose life, and I'm going to let God do with me in my life what he wants to I never considered yeah. that, and yes, that's that makes perfect sense. I I just don't yeah. want to be a burden, and you know, it's like it's hard to say and hard to do. It's hard. No, I, I totally get it. I mean, that the, Marie and I, after the after the passing of our son, we didn't have anything in writing, and and so we really had to sit down and and hash through these things, and you know, here we are defining burden but let's say my kids have to take care of us or something like like this is that's what family's for um family is there to take care of the sick and the dying family's there to take care of that and and i'm not minimizing the the fact that it's going to be hard challenging it's going to be difficult but that's why god put us in a family um god put us in a family to take care of one another and you know for us uh, with our son we were ready we were ready to rearrange our entire lives to take care of our son. And he is definitely not going to be the same. But then again, we're kind of in that place where we don't know what God would have done in, re- in his recovery. Um, but I tell you what, every second of every breath that boy took, uh, we were choosing life all the way. Well, thank you very much for your input. Can you pray for me? I can. I can. Let's pray right now. Father, I thank you for the... Um, the life that we get to um, take care of, uh, that we get to enjoy, and these last, you know, these um, these decisions are hard to make, and yet, Lord, you put the value of life as life itself, not the value of our body or a functioning of our body or our ability to communicate or even to see or to speak or any of the limitations. Um, even if someone that doesn't have legs, they still are valuable. If they don't have an arm, um, if they have brain damage. They're 100% valuable. And, and I pray for my sister. This is no radio um, decision. It's a, it's a heavy, uh, concerning uh, decision based on our spiritual commitment and conscience. And, and, and I know that you're going to lead Patricia, uh, even as she's seeking, um, even, if she, even as she's seeking, I should say, Lord, I pray you'd help her. And I, I thank you for her concern for her loved ones and her love for them and not wanting to be a burden but I, but I know, Lord, she wouldn't be a burden. It would be hard. It would be difficult. But she wouldn't be a burden. And so help her make the decision, Lord, that she can she can have a clean conscience with as she stands before you, Lord, and then just leave it up to you. Put it in writing and leave it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome, Patricia. Bye-bye. Okay. Hey, we're coming up to the end of the show today, and I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in, uh, being a part of it. We did it live today, and right after the day after the big snow here in Colorado. Um, come on out to service this weekend. We're back in Hebrews 8. Calvary Aurora is on uh, 
uh, Hampton and Tower in Southeast Aurora. If you're in the metro area, it's a quick drive on Sunday from anywhere. And we have people literally coming from everywhere around the metro area. Go to our website, calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church, uh, as we are, we are, uh, we've added the name church to our, the the word church to our name. So we're, we're, we're Calvary Aurora, but we're Calvary Church now in Colorado. And we got a new website, at least a new address. We got a few new addresses, but um, we are part of the Calvary Chapel family and uh, grateful to be a part. Um, but looking forward, we love the past, but we live for the future. And that is an exciting time to reach the lost and just to go for it in all that God has for us. I hope you join us. Join us in the kingdom building work of Jesus. Uh, you can do that by uh, supporting Grace FM. That's a big part of it. Go to gracefm.com. We've revamped our donation uh, links, so you can, it makes it much easier to donate now. You can set up a recurring gift. Uh, you can donate one time. Everything you donate through Grace FM goes for the propagation of the gospel. So let's do it. Let's run the race together. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for your prayers. Um, thanks, Thank you guys, first responders, praying for the family. Uh, this t- trooper that that uh, passed away um, yesterday, my heart's just, it just hurts. The Grove family, Grove's family. Love you guys, your family, family in Jesus Christ. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.